Welcome to Hot Breath Comedy Fam. On Monday, May 13th, I am teaching a clean comedy workshop. The last four I have taught sold out very quickly, so if you wanna learn about clean comedy, the business side, where the line is, how to write clean comedy, go to the link in the description of this episode, and we'll see you there. It felt great. I mean, it was it was a wild time. Uh, my, my father passed, like, the, the day Hot breath. What's goody, Hot Breathiverse? Welcome back to Hot Breath, the show where you learn comedy from the pros. I'm your host and comedian Joel Byers, and after over 400 interviews with comedians on this show, we are doing our first live event. And to celebrate our first live event, we are bringing back our first guest ever. Way back in 2017, this comic came on the show after opening for Dave Chappelle, being on NBC's last comic standing, and winning Laughing Skull Fest. Since Hot Breath, he has gone on to be on Jimmy Fallon, James Corden, written for several television shows, and he just recently recorded his debut comedy special. Ladies and gentlemen, Hot Brethren and Sistren, welcome to the Hot Breathiverse. Mr. Rob Hayes, everyone. Rob Hayes! Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Wow, man. Welcome, wow. Welcome, what an welcome, intro. Welcome, welcome. That was amazing. Yo. You got water? We out you. You like that? Oh, yeah. yeah. You wanna, you wanna, <laughs> should we kick it off with some? Yeah, let's keep I hope this is water. This is water. Cheers. Cheers to the, the first guest. Oh, I messed ever. that up. No, I definitely you, you drank good. before the cheers. Uh-uh. Ah. This one's a little bit different from the first one we did. Right, right, right. Yeah. There, there's less people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but this, we had a we were in a concrete room. It right. was like an old like classroom that I had where I was teaching comedy and you, mm -hmm. you pulled up and did the first ever out. It was on borrowed equipment that it wasn't even mine. And wow. uh, we made it happen. Yeah. And now we're look at us. Four hundred. Yeah, over 400 out here. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. That's a lot. That's a <laughs> lot. That's a lot of breath. <laughs> a lot of hot breath. Yeah, yeah. But that's why I wanted to celebrate this with you, man. Man, thank you. Thank you for having me on your, yeah, 400. <laughs> also, just, you know, first guest coming back. Yo. I mean, I've been following your career since the mm -hmm. jump, and I actually just watched your comedy special taping. And I've got to say, what I noticed from that versus seeing your early comedy is how much more personal and autobiographical it is now. Like, yeah. Like, is that, I remember even on your Fallon set, you had one of my favorite bits is like, the are we swiping or chipping the cards, mm -hmm, you know? Mm -hmm. And then I watch your special and it has a lot more personal and like close stuff to Rob. Is that like an intentional evolution or how did you kind of get to that point in your career? Not at all. Yeah. Like for the longest, I think one of my fights was fighting against the, you got to be like, I'm this person, and I look like a cross between blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. Uh -huh. Like, all the stuff that they tell you to do in comedy, I always felt like they only tell certain people to do that. Hmm. Like, it's, all, it's only, you know, like, like black people, they got to get on stage and be like, address the fact that they're black. And I never thought that that should be the elephant in the room. And then I kind of just got away from elephant in the room mentality, just period, you know, and everything was abstract. And then after a while, it was like, I have an opinion on everything. Do I have opinions on what happened with me? Do I have opinions on my life? And then I started to form those. And then it was like, oh, I never have to worry about, like I had an issue with a comic uh, accusing me of, of stealing a joke. And I was even unaware that this person was a comedian, <laughs> let alone their joke. And so, you know, from that experience, I was like, I need to do things that are more specific to me. When I was on Last Comic, that was one of the things that they said, I don't know anything about you, but you're funny, mm. you know? And so 
I think that's why I didn't advance because I didn't have those autobiographical things. And now I'm like, if somebody steals that, they're like, they're stealing a part of my life. Oh yeah. They're out there doing, you know, they're out there like like putting my past in their story, mm-hmm. you know, which is nuts. That's a crazy thing to do, you know. How do you decide what to talk about and what not to? Um. I think for for this special, I had like uh, some stuff on on the board. There were some things that I knew I wanted to get to. And, you know, from that, it was way easier to accumulate material with with a a singular goal in mind and then also other little small goals. So it was more of me deciding what I wanted to talk about first and then figuring out the funny in that. Oh, interesting. So, and it used to just be me finding the funny in things and then stringing those things together. So you write something serious about your life and then you figure out what's funny about it afterwards. Not necessarily so, serious. Yeah. Just things that are interesting. Mm. Yeah. It's, it's not necessarily serious. It's just like, what are the most interesting things? What are the things that I hold on to? When did I have a reaction when when did I feel embarrassed or when did I feel scared or when did I feel lonely or when did I feel excited or when did I feel hype? You know, it's just just all those things. So for to compare that to like the the swiping and the chipping card mm-hmm. joke you have, which is hilarious. But that probably started from a personal place, too. Right. Of like, oh, I'm at the grocery store and they're asking me if I'm swiping. And right. It's, a, it's an observation. But it's not. It's something anyone could say. I guess. But it's an observation anyone can make, you yeah. know, and an observation that like, in, you know, there was probably tons of jokes about it. It's just I figured out maybe the funniest way to say it or the uh-huh. funniest way to intro it. Mm-hmm. Like it's one of those jokes where the setup is funny and, you know, it's. They're already laughing before you even get to the joke part. Yeah, which yeah. is a part of it is like your persona on stage too, though. Of it is like you're. I think what I've what I've learned because I've known you basically since you we started. started together. We used yeah. to trade books and yeah. and comedy albums yeah, and stuff. Sure. Real comedy nerd stuff. Like yeah. you know, uh, we we were all broke, uh, <laughs> and so you know, streaming didn't exist. <laughs> And so it's like, hey, I have this Redacted Comedian's album. You have the same Redacted Comedian's (laughs) other album. Let's trade, you know, and and, yeah, we we would share comedy. Yeah, we did. Yeah, Yeah, I remember we shared some Cosby albums at one time. All right. No longer Redacted. (laughs) I don't think I knew what Redacted meant. (laughs) I, I was striking it from the record, but you know, yeah, yeah. I didn't know what redacted There were also some prior albums in there. There yeah, were also sure. some other stuff. It wasn't just, we weren't just Cosby heads. No, you know, no, we no, were comedy not. heads. Like I had, I had some George Carlin. We had some Stephen Wright. We had all, if you made an album, we, we were circulating. We were. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I'm glad I now know what redacted means. Yeah, man. I don't know where you were when Trump was around. <laughs> a lot of things were being hiding. redacted. Where do you think I was? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Five years ago, redacted was a hot, hot, funny term in these streets, Joe. (laughs) Anything with Trump is very triggering for me, so I can't. I I can't be out in there looking like this. I got you. But yeah, you know, because I, I I look like this. But you know, you know, his ops look like you too. (laughs) There's a whole other team that looks look exactly like their team. It it gets really confusing. I'm so happy when they wear blue ties and red ties. Like, all right, cool. I know, I know exactly what side he's on. Yeah. I get it. We all look the same. I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When, when y'all put collars on. <laughs> <laughs> you know? The t-shirt ones, you can kind of tell. Like, yeah, 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 nah, yeah, he yeah. ain't in the Senate. You know what yeah. I mean? The, yeah. the, the t-shirt a little too loose, you know? But I knew you in your t-shirt era. Now look at you. Yeah. You oh, good. Goodwill. Dude, yeah. I was a Goodwillionaire. Yeah, yeah. 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 Maxinista. Maxinista. You know? Yeah. You know the jokes. <laughs> Doing the strip. Did you do the strip club show at a candy shop? I did it. I did candy shop. Yeah. 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 I don't like when they, they make the strippers stop dancing and then <laughs> put the mic in our hands. I would much rather just like have 
Like, if somebody really needs a dance, them to get a dance. Yeah. And also us to having to be telling jokes. Yeah. It was it was awkward, though. Mm-hmm. They, did it for, they did it for a minute. I went every single Monday, too. Yeah. No, I didn't I didn't go. I, was, <laughs> I would hear about it. I was very curious. And then I finally went. And I was like, yeah, this is not, you know. Well, you were you were the cool my kid, core though. demographic. You got on the cool shows. I had to go do like the strip clubs and the sidewalks and stuff. I, yeah, I would have. <laughs> I would like if I if I if that's the only stage available, I, I'm gonna go to the strip club for sure. Well, how did that compare to? Because like we did all the the rough shows in Atlanta, but yeah. then you moved to New York, and mm-hmm. now you're like living in a two bedroom apartment with four comics and mm-hmm. like you're grinding out there what, what how do those grungy shows compare to like here in Atlanta they're different because uh in New York there's shows and then there's mics mics only comedians go to mics like if a person goes to a mic they're probably gonna leave soon <laughs> because it's like oh this is a club meeting like I'm I'm in the wrong place you know and but the way to get on shows, doing well at mics. Mm-hmm. You know, you it, like moving to New York. You almost just instantly learn how to showcase. You know, if you don't, if you don't already know how to showcase, because you're trying to get on shows, so you're in front of real people. But the only way to do that is to prove yourself in front of people who are at various levels of doing stand-up. So some people you know, are, are really good. They just haven't moved on to shows or enough shows to get enough reps to feel like they're, you know, making progress. There's other people brand new. They're, they're starting out. And in comedy, everyone assumes you're new until they know you. All my comments are like, hey, man, get off of him. He's just starting out. And it's like... <laughs> No, like you could you could scroll down. I mean, you know, <laughs> but that's just the assumption, you know. Yeah, I mean the, I, the mic. I did a paid mic in New York where it was in like the basement of a bar. Oh, those are the worst. I went last. Those are the worst. I went last out of like twenty comics. So by the end, it was me and just the host left. No one there Everyone forgot left. they paid. Yeah. <laughs> no one's ever seen somebody so funny that they're like, I forgot I paid to be on stage. You know. That's that's the real thing advantage we have on rappers. Like when rappers start off, they got to pay to perform places all the time. And they see how many shows we do and they're like, "Man, you are rich." You know? <laughs> and like like, you know, like rap, like we do bringer shows just like rappers do when they start like like here all the time I would see you know, like up and coming rappers performing at different clubs and stuff. It's like, yo, that that grind is expensive. But mm-hmm. yeah, in New York, there was one or two paid mics, but they were not fun. That mm-hmm. That's when I felt like, all right, I'm at, you know, this is the bottom. I, you know, I left a place where I was getting paid to perform. <laughs> now I'm paying to perform, you know? Mm. Yeah. What kept you going? Knowing that that experience will lead to something. That one joke, that one tag, that one rhythm I got used to saying something was going to pay for all of it. And when did you realize, oh, this is actually like paying off and it's not just me mentally rehearsing? Well, I mean, I already had spurts throughout. When I moved to New York, I was doing colleges. I was, you know, paying for stuff off of comedy. You know, I I went to eight festivals that year, all financed off of comedy, you know. So I just thought that that was going to translate. I was going to go up there. Uh, What I didn't anticipate was colleges not, you know, having a, a time period where I didn't book as many schools and having to kind of start over, get a day job, you know, was a mover, was answering phones. I was working at a high school, just whatever little jobs I can get, you know, um, and and just figuring out how to pay, how to be free at night and pay bills. When that were, was the whole thing. When were you able to make it full time? Because I think I heard you talk about you sold, you actually sold scripts 
at one time and then had to go back and like get yeah. a day job. Yeah, so <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Sold, sold two scripts, had to go back, you know, go back, you know, hey, tip service. I, you know, I know I told y'all I didn't need y'all anymore. <laughs> you know, I'm be out here playing, you know. Like, it's gotten real, whatever you got, you know. They'd send me to uh, take notes. They'd be like a credit card company would, you know, have different surveys and stuff, and I'm taking notes. Never been a note taker before, never did. <laughs> you know, I'm, yeah, I'm in Excel pretending like I know what I'm doing. And uh -huh. just, yeah, just all, all kind of stuff. But, um... From there, I learned, you know, to save my money and, and start, a, start a company and start a business and, and some of those things. And, and also, um, you know, just because you got it now doesn't mean you'll get it again or you'll get it somewhere else and just saving a penny for a rainy day. Mm -hmm. And then uh, putting that first album out helped out a lot. Yeah. 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 And I didn't even know that. I didn't know, like, how much an album was going to changed my life but that that first album really like you know made me full like kept me full time like there were other things I started writing on shows and so uh but I don't I don't have to move like a writer like other writers after a while they're like all right I gotta get in a room I can kind of pick and choose what rooms I'm in to a degree or what I'm gonna go out for to a degree because I have live shows and I have, you know, the album and stuff. So how did you, how were you able to, like, cause it was Hazelpedia, right? Mm -hmm, that that mm -hmm, was the album. Mm -hmm. So what were, what still available on iTunes, Let's you go. know, if y'all, if y'all want to purchase it, wherever you purchase music, you can purchase comedy. People don't even know that. Yeah. You know, we pay money to a musician fund. Like for percentage of our check goes to session musicians. Uh. Nobody played the drums on my album. <laughs> you know? That's just money gone. You know, like they set up the structure. I'm like, yo, I mess with that union. We like stuff is possible, you know? Yeah, I what were you blowing money on? It sounds like you said early on you Uh, you know, I was I was uh flying people out. I was you oh, know Oh, like Gucci Mane. You know, over here. I, I was buying stuff, I was buying the homies kicks. You know, it was like, I was doing all kind of stuff. I was, yeah. You were on. I thought I was on. I thought I was on. This is the thing. One of the shows got like, like picked up. Like, uh -huh. it was really like, it was about to happen. We were interviewing people. I was going to be somebody's boss. My first room, I was going to be like, kind of in charge in charge but also like hey can i do that right, hey, hey, this is what we about to do you know like yeah it was it was gonna be crazy Dang. so like people, i would get bumped on shows i'd be like they don't even know i'm gonna be that guy's boss next week you know what i'm saying like oh oh, oh nothing's affecting me but also so free on stage i was so funny and that everybody stressed out about montreal i already did montreal also, I know I'm about to get this article, and when this article comes out, it's going to be a wrap. You know, I'm going to get on every good show in this city. So, like, I, and I think the attitude that I had at that time, I didn't forget that. Because mm. I feel like that's important. Knowing that it's going to be all right is important. Knowing that, you know, like, it's, it's, it's going to work out, like, in the, in the confidence that comes with that. I feel like I still have and still can reach into even when I don't know, even when I don't know how. So what are you, what are you if something is like a low, because like comedy is so up and down. Dude. It's like, it's so it's, up and down, but it doesn't have to be so up, like, like uh, you can only go down so many times before you're like, all right, I'm going to figure out how to not go all the way down. Uh-huh. You know, I, yeah, I might, I might hit the top of the slide, but, you know, eventually <laughs> I'm going to be... Be in the slide like this, like I'm. I ain't going back down, Joe. I'm not. I'm not going all the way back, you know. I might slip. I might slip, but I ain't gonna fall. You know what I'm saying? Cool. So you, you bought homies kicks. I mm -hmm. didn't. I, I didn't get any of those. That's all right. I feel you. Yeah. But I didn't think you wanted them. <laughs> <laughs> 
Honestly. Yeah, I mean. The, I didn't think yeah, you wanted them, Joe. That was back in the Goodwill days. You wouldn't appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so what, 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 do you, what do you do now? Like, how, how are you, what are, with the lessons you've learned, like, how, how do you move differently? Um, I just, I, you know, I don't wild out. Like, I don't, you know, like, I think early, when you're in your 20s, it's your most selfish time. And you are only worried about in the moment. You know, you're not worried about months down the line, years down the line. Like right now I move where like, hey, something happens and, you know, I I can't physically write. I'll be okay for, you know, at least a little while. You know, Mm -hmm. hey, if something happens... And I can't go on the road. I'll be okay for a little while. And so I just, I just move differently, you know? Yeah, I remember in our first interview, and this was, you know, over seven years ago, but it was like you had already talked about goals you're setting and how you already had achieved a lot of them. So you're like, I need to start thinking bigger. Do you yeah. still, like, how important is mindset to your success? Very important. Very important. I remember I had a, a notebook and I wrote down 10 goals for me in comedy, and then that notebook got stolen. And then, uh, you know, by the time, like, like five years later, I had achieved all those goals. It was like, oh, yeah, I need to, like, dream bigger and think bigger. But I think also, like, when we started, there was so little avenues for stand-up. Like, you know, there wasn't you know, any, any black comedy shows, there wasn't, you know, last comic was, was here and then gone, you know, they had like a, like a four year hiatus or whatever. They weren't consistent season after season after season. There was just like one showcase show on Comedy Central, you know, like, like internet videos hadn't, you know, it was, it was kind of more of a, it was a thing, but it wasn't like, like it is now. It wasn't social media wasn't what it is now, and so um, you know at, at, at that time, it seems like there's only one way to move. You know now there seems like there's so many different avenues. There's so many different ways of you know making it. Yeah, and I think that's what I learned seeing everything you're creating now is it seems like you're able to create things around your interests. Like, yeah, you know, and you're like, instead of trying to chase a trend, it's like, well, what am I interested in and how much can I create around these interests? Also, I'm showing off a little bit. Oh, you're flexing. Yeah, I'm flexing. Cause I, I, I don't want people to think I, I'm performing in rooms where they're like, I want to hear about Wolverine. You know, (laughs) I want people to think, Yo, he got that Wolverine joke off in front of adults, you know, like <laughs> they drinking, they got kids at home. He out there talking about Wolverine is hidden, uh-huh. you know, like, like that's what's going on. Yeah. But also it's like, you know, I feel like the, the special is what's in the margin of the page, right? Like, like the special is like the important stuff and everything else is in the like outside margins is stuff I would just like release. So all those clips, all those videos are stuff that's like, that's on the outside. Mm -hmm. That's not even the the focus. You know, I might perform a 15 minute spot. A minute of that 15 is what goes out as the clip, but the rest of the 14 is going towards something bigger, you know? And so for the longest, I was only able to show the middle of the page. Mm-hmm. You see me do a late night spot. You see me do a, a showcase on TV. It's the middle of the page. And no one got to see what was in the margins. So now I'm able to show people, oh, I can do topical jokes. Oh, I can talk about politics. Oh, I can talk about something that happened today. Oh, I can talk about something that happened, you know, in the last week. Or, or I can show a different angle of something you know, that everybody's talking about. And I've always been doing that. It just, I had no outlet to put that out before. Mm. Do, you, do you find yourself almost writing for the algorithm? No. Yeah. No, I'd, I'd be doing, way, this place would be packed if I was writing for the algorithm. 
I I achieved my goals. We take these chairs, it's sold out. I I wanted it to be this amount of people here, you know? That's that was the plan. I'm writing what I what I want to write about. Yeah. I'm writing what I want to write about. And I'm figuring out how to get it off. You know, I I was fortunate. I did a show that was like right after an NBA Finals game, and I was able to do 10 minutes on basketball premises that I would never be able to get off in front of just an average crowd of people, you know? Mm-hmm. And if I did, it would, it would be after maybe 15, 20 minutes of work, you know, of, of trust right. for me to do that. And then maybe it would hit whether they want to hear about it or if they don't want to hear about it. So there are some times where I do have some things that are specialized, but in those mo- moments I get to flourish. You know, there, there was a time you do an event like that and it, you just brag about it and it goes away. Now it's like, oh, I could chop that up. Now I got fans that, you know, care what I think about basketball, care what I think about sports. Yeah, because you wrote for like the ESPYs, right? I wrote for the ESPYs, yeah. NFL Honors. Yeah, I'm a, I had a show on uh, Bleacher Report, Sneak This. Uh, we had sketches all about sneakers and, you know, especially like athlete performance sneakers and stuff so um yeah i you know technically work work in sports and have worked in sports for a long time but you know that doesn't mean people know what you do that doesn't mean you know like somebody watching award show they still don't really know who did what and what is what and so now i get to showcase that mm-hmm. i think that's a good time for a hot breath water break Please, if anyone wants to drink. Are you water, selling these? Is, is this? I mean, is this I'm, available to the people? Is this an ad be. right now? Are we it presented by be. Hot Breath Water? I mean, anyone in the audience, if y'all want to pay for them, that's cool too. Which is a wild <laughs> name. <laughs> Which is a wild name for water, Hot Breath Water. That's legit, actually. Mm-hmm. It's not a bad idea. Maybe we just had a big, big business break. Hey, right there. you know, I got to get a percentage. <laughs> but y'all seen the pitch. <laughs> That's really what this is about. Y'all thought it was an interview. I just wanted to document my pitch for hot breath water. That's what all the kids are talking about. You you like hot Cheetos, you need to wash them down. Hot breath water. That's the only way to cool it down once once the flaming hots get to you. You just gotta go to hot breath water. We the plug. Yeah, I'm gonna invoice you after this, so you know. Yeah, I'll holla. Yeah, I need mm-hmm. some mm-hmm. I need some new sneaks. This is right. how you gotta sit when you when you get interviewed in a couch like this. You gotta cross your legs. Like I don't never cross my legs. Oh, my yeah. foot's gonna go to sleep. I'm just really, <laughs> I'm just really doing this because because of the couch. When I uh, when I interviewed Ali Sadiq, he taught me that that's apparently disrespectful. When you when you point your bottom of your foot towards someone, apparently that's disrespectful. Because I, oh. I was doing that to him, and he let me know very quickly that that is not the move with Mr. Sadiq. Okay. But we cool in here. I was just letting you know. Hey, if you cross, I apologize if you cross the to the people at home. I didn't mean to point my foot in y'all direction. You know what I'm saying? Continue to support me. I, I do need it. I would ne- it would never happen again. Like I'm, <laughs> I, ain't, I ain't gonna do it no more. I promise. Where am I supposed to point my feet? <laughs> Your feet are always pointed somewhere. It's the bottom of the foot. Oh, the it's bottom, the of, bottom the of your foot. Yeah, yeah. It's oh. like you were saying. Because I guess that's the dirtiest part of your shoe, yeah. That is true. There was a girl I sat next to in, in elementary school, and I would, like, pick out, like, Nike shoes have the little, like, thin hair and bone things. I would, like, pick out the dirt in my shoe. She, she thought I was nasty. Oh, dang. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She's been a sneakerhead since then, like, like that, like that. I know yeah, you're always into you, them, you could diagnose me as that. That's probably the coolest thing to say for that. Yeah, it's, it's an addict. Head. Yeah, it's, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Ali, because you, and Ali's intimidating. So, like, right. you know, when he says yeah. something, you listen. Yeah, and yeah, you, yeah. And I'm just in a hotel room with just Ali Sadiq. I was like, he could kill me right now, and no one would ever know or care. I mean, you were recording. But, I mean, he can destroy the evidence. You know? Yeah, that's true, that's true. Yeah. But he's also one of these, when you're talking about social media, he's one of these like OGs who actually use social media after actually having the skill to like showcase on social media. Like so many young comics now are like just filming open mic crowd work and being like, oh, how do I get on? Yeah. You know, it's, a different, it's a different game than when we started. 
It is a different game. I'm so glad I didn't start in this era Me and too. that that pressure. Yeah, you know, because it was it was hard at that time to hold on to jokes that you thought were good enough to like commodify. And now I I wonder if if there's anybody having those talks about hey don't put everything out and then other people like hey I put everything out and now I'm touring you know and what those conversations are like mm-hmm. you know. What, what was your transition into the, the writing side of things? Because, like, you're what they call, like, a multi-hyphen. You know, you're able yeah. to do multiple things, which mm-hmm. is aspirational for, like, definitely someone like me who wants to have multiple things going on. So, like, how, how were you able to expand to the, the writing side? Um, I was able to expand to the writing side uh, just through applying. I was applying for years, mm. and then I finally... Uh, Got the the perfect job for me, which was Sherman Showcase, which is a, a sketch show based on a on a dance show, mm-hmm. uh, like like a Soul Train, um, but everything's a joke. The the songs are jokes. The commercials, the music artists. We created all the music. We did we did a lot of work on that show, but it was so much fun and just so perfect for my skill set as somebody who's obsessed with the past and. And also just a music lover, um, it, you know, it just was a perfect fit. And then from there, I've been working and writing ever since. Some of the contacts I made there, you know, I, I met and, and was able to work right on special events and award shows. And, um, and yeah, it's just been on from there. Did you move to L.A. for that gig? I didn't. I was bi-coastal during the first room. Um, and, you know, like, it, it was cool to leave the room. Say your idea got shut down. You go to the comedy club, get your rocks off, come back rejuvenated. You know, uh, we had another room, like, during the pandemic. And then it was like, oh, this is what other writers feel when their stuff gets shot down, this is a long ride home. Like I, um, you know, I'm not, yeah. I'm not, there's no comedy club to go to right now. Like this is, you know, this is wild. Um, but yeah, I was bi-coastal. I, I was living in New York, but writing in LA. And then um, I ended up getting uh, in the room on another show and I was planning on moving to LA later that year. And so then I moved. And then that show, they pulled the plug on it like six days into the room. So the second Monday of the room, they have a phone call. They're like, go on break, which happens all the time. A lot of people busy. You know, every boss I've had has had three or four other things going on. They got to leave, take a call. They, They come back. We all come back. They're like, yep, no more show. So now I'm just out in L.A., and I don't know when the next room is going to happen. And so I'm just like, you know, fortunately, they they, they paid uh, us out for for the duration of the time. But I'm holding to that money like like this. I'm like, you know, I don't I don't want I don't want to go back to the bottom. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm just like, you know, living very, very conservatively and just, you know, getting on stage. Mm-hmm. I got so rusty that first room, just being in L.A. and just, you know, there's not not that much stages and stuff. And, you know, you know me, I was like hardcore. Like first first week in Atlanta, I was going up four times a week. I got up to like seven to ten times a week when I moved. I was at like 12 shows a week when I was, you know, left New York. So uh, that those uh, two, three months of that room, that was the most time before COVID I ever spent not getting on stage. And I came back to New York with all the rest. <laughs> so rusty, you know? Started doing stuff from like well before it started. Hey man, Michael Vick, Tiger Woods. You know, like what are my jokes? You know what I'm saying? What, what do I talk about, man? Obama, man, he did it. <laughs> Yes, we can. You know, like I'm going back to the beginning. You know, you just, brought the kazoo back. Yeah, yeah, yeah everything. Rob and had a kazoo back in the day. I used to, I used to bring a, a kazoo to shows. If I didn't like the song I was brought up to, I'd be like, "Don't worry, I got it. I'll play my own song," and then start playing the song on the kazoo. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then after that, 
figured it out, and then like like that's the momentum that that led to Hayes Obedient. Mm. Yeah, me me getting the rest off, you know. And that was that a, a a goal in your head of like, all right, I'm back in New York, I'm rusty. Here's how I can break this rust off. Or no, it was just like this is what I do. Yeah. I'm back. I gotta I gotta get nice. I gotta get back nice again. Mm-hmm. You know, like I I can't you know I can't just be out here living, spending money, and not you know, not write at stand up. Mm-hmm. I can't be going on shows, Rusty. I found a club highly frowned upon nobody really you know what i'm saying you're not gonna run into your your dave Chappelle's. you're not gonna run into jim Chappelle at this club <laughs> you know what i'm saying they let me perform like seven times a night you know Dang. like they they out here tricking people in the streets and being like yo uh bill burns working on a new hour people come in they leave they upset you know they bring me up last, and people are like he ain't Bill Burr. Now they, now they piss, but they let me perform. I, I, I would go up there, you know, uh, and and also just whatever shows I could, I got that rust off. I got that rust off quick, you know. I feel like in a week in New York, I can get to decent shape, and then and then you know after that i could really get in like a really good rhythm cuz it's also the the city also getting off the train you thinking about your jokes the whole time you don't got to worry about finding a place to park you don't got to worry about driving you know you just you're just in joke mode you leave you're get a hop off the stage you're still in joke mode till the next time you're on the stage mm-hmm. you know yeah when I visit now, I do like three, four shows in a night, and it's like it's incredible. Yeah. How did the the Fallon situation come along? Cause you've done Fallon and Corden. Yeah. So how did how did you kind of get into that world? Um, I was I was going. I went for every late night show. That's interesting. so that's an interesting theme of like how did you do this thing? You're like, well, I tried at it for a long yeah. time and then finally yeah. got it. Yeah, it's just I an mean, interesting thing I don't think people understand. Every is, late night yeah. show told me no. You know, uh uh one of them ended, everybody was posting their pictures. I put up the notes that I got, you know, like <laughs> like every late night show like passed, you know, I would go back and forth with one. Uh they'd see me in person, they'd be like, Oh nah, this this ain't what we thought it was. You know, like uh, you know, it, it was a little of, of the materials, a little of just what I've already burned on television. I'd already done what, you know, at one time was my best thing here, at another time what, what my best thing was there. And so there was that. Um, and so then after a while, I just started gunning for it. I was just like, all right, I'm going to make I can't control whether I get booked. I can control what I work on. And I was like, I'm going to make a set that's so undeniable. If I don't get it, at least like I, w- I will know it has nothing to do with the set. So I'm, you know, I'm going to do the autobiographical joke. I am going to do the, uh, you know, clean premises no company names, no cursing, no, you know, like, like everything in the guidelines of, you know, all the, all the stuff that people trip on with late night, you know, original premises, not hacky, you know, like all the things. And I'm going to work on that every night in front of people who don't care about that at all. (laughs) When you do stand up in front of live people, they don't care about, oh, he's getting ready for late night. They don't care about that. You better be funny now. So I got I to gotta be funny now, but I'm putting the rule, I'm putting the, the NBC, ABC, CBS rules on me. Mm. And that's what translated. Eventually you created a set that they were just like, oh, this is too good to not. I did a showcase for E. And it was just an E showcase. They were just trying to see who was uh, around. I actually was doing a weekend in D.C. I had to take the bus to New York and fly out of New York because they they flew me from New York. I didn't want to get sent back to D.C. or whatever. And so then I took the bus to the plane. I get on the plane hot. 
burning up. I get sick on the plane because I got all these clothes on because I just came from like D.C. <laughs> and New York in the winter. And so then uh, I, you know, barely get myself together. They have me stay in this nice hotel by the comedy store. I finally just can like move. I get to the comedy store. I do the showcase. Ten minutes all late night, uh, you know, available like crushed mm -hmm. the booker for the tonight show comes backstage he's like um you know i thought you were in new york blah blah, blah. i was like i am in new york he was like can you do that set next week and then the next week i did that set at the stand jimmy fallon was there and from that showcase i was the first person they called to do the tonight show Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it must have felt validating. It felt great. Yeah. I mean, it was it was a wild time. Uh, my, my father passed like the, the day before. Mm. So um, I got my family in the room and I was like, you know, I just got this great news. But, you know, should I do this? And my mom and sister were like, yeah, you should, you know. And uh, my dad was so f for me doing late night. And, you know, he used to send me other people's clips. He would take on his phone and be like, dad, it's going to be on YouTube. Like, you don't got to, you don't got to record it, you know. But he was so hype. And I, I remember telling him about the showcase and everything because, um, you know, that that was the time where I, I could have been with him, but I, but I wasn't. I was, you know, doing the showcase and everything. And he, you know, he was like, I know you're gonna make it. I know, I know you're gonna make it. And so, um, yeah, that, that was a special moment for me to just, to be able to do that. And I definitely had a moment before I, I walked out there where I thought about him, but um, yeah. So, so getting that call was like, it was, it was, you know, it did feel validating and I did have a chip on my shoulder. And, you know, um, I did have the opportunity to talk about it uh, on the show, but I didn't want to do that. Like, I didn't want to make that moment about tragedy because I felt like I earned it outright. I felt like when I got the, you know, it's not like the coroner caused Fallon's like, well, we know this guy just did a showcase. And uh, boy, do I have a story for you, you know, that's, that's, that's not what's happening. So I, you know, I didn't want people, you know, comic brain, you always think about comics, you know, I didn't want comics to be like, man, he, he doing that, you know, cause, cause of what's going on with him, you know, and I, I didn't, I didn't want that, but you know, I, sometimes I do think, oh, might've went viral. You know, sometimes I do think, might have put butts in the seat. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. Could have helped us out today. You know, there might have been, been, you know, like, there might have been an angel looking out for me. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, you know, I, I guess I got integrity. Dang, man. Yeah. That's got to change the way you move, though, and the decisions you make and what you actually say yes to. Yeah. 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 Prioritizing what's well, worth your time and making sure you're around family more. Things, right, you know? right. Yeah, I was also thinking about the people who were watching, all the people that I knew were watching and how icky it would be to, you know, for them, you know, like, to like finally a distraction from this, this thing that happened and then it's like, uh, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, what if I would have cried? If, what if you would have cried? What if I would have cried? Were, were you thinking about it? I'm just thinking, like, what if I would have went up there and cried? Like, I almost cried up here. Like, this? Yeah. The, the, you want to do a second the, take where the you The rooster would have went off. A lot, the door would have been knocking on the door if I would have started crying. They'd be like, yo, we got it. <laughs> Somebody crying in there? Oh, yeah. No, I want to see that. Uh, but, yeah, I don't, I don't dwell on it too much. You yeah. Know. How long ago was that? That was five years ago. Five years ago. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Come on, man. Pour one out. Come on. 
man. Pour one out. You out there, you eating hot fries. <laughs> we know you are. You watching this, you eating hot fries and one water you need. Hot breath water. Already. Mmm, it's so good. Oh my God. What kind of water is that? That's, that's that loud. That's that loud. That's that loud pack. Ooh, that's the exclamation point. Ooh, I ain't even. Wee. Yeah, man. That's that pressure. Hot breath water. That's that pressure. We, we, Ooh, wee. we pushing P around Hot here. Hot breath water. We pushing P around here. I, I think that might be that might be passe. I don't know. Pushing P? Yeah, I don't. Yeah, oh, it might. pause. Should we pause? It's, I'm just saying, you know, pushing P is way more divisive than it was early 2022. <laughs> <laughs> it was making way more of a statement than, than I think you're preparing for. You know, it was it was a cute thing. <laughs> just not so long ago. Now, <laughs> hey, you might be taking a side. I'm just letting you know. Oh, word? Yeah. Just, hey, free everybody. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's how I feel. <laughs> Oh, I didn't realize. My bad. Yeah, yeah. I got to get up on game. Yeah, man. Yeah. Well, man, we can uh, land this plane a little bit. But All right. What is, um, like, what, what are you cooking up next? I mean, what's the, it seems like you've done a lot of things in the industry. Mm-hmm. And now you shot this special. It seems like you're doing something. Oh, okay, I'm doing something for me now. In right. In a sense. It's like the next move. Like, all right, now what is. What's, I mean, what's Rob Hayes? this special is very selfish. I will say that hmm. it is very selfish. It, it's also like, you know, an origin story. It's also like, hey, this is what I think is wrong with me. But it's also like, I'm a little petty at the same time. You know, it's it's a it's a combination. But um, the next thing is. You know, I, I think a lot of people are going to expect chronologic, chronolo- all right, what, what? They're going to expect the order to things, you know? You ever get tripped up on a word? Just be like, you know what? I ain't even going to go fool do, with that. What are you going to do, chronologically or chronology? Chronology. Chronology. The, other, the cousin, chronology. Yeah, yeah, chronology. yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Some people probably are expecting chronology. I didn't know redacted, but I knew chronology. <laughs> okay. All right. All right, that's why so, we a team. That's exactly. why we boys. That's you right. know, that's right. You got one word. I got you. Share right. like the album. <laughs> that's right. Uh, but so, but I, I think the next, the next special is not necessarily the next chapter of my life as much as it's the same thing, but a different aspect. Like I think, I think, you know, fronting is, is how. I perceive myself how I'm perceived by others and the big Valentine, which is the pending title of the next project will be more about my experience with love and what that means from various angles. And so, uh, yeah, that, that's what I'm working on now. And I'm, and I'm already working on it now. Whoa. Oh, yeah. so you, you shot one and you already have one, like the next thing you're working on. I'm, yeah, wow. it's, it's early. It's early. Right. Like, you know, I, you know, I just shot it. So, um, you know, but, but that's, I know what it's called. I know some of the jokes. I know some of the angles. There's definitely some things that are going to be in there that I don't know, but that's the next thing stand up wise. Um, but I got, I got other ideas for stuff. I got ideas for, for TV shows that I, I would love to produce. And, and, uh, I have, a, I have a play in me, I feel like. And so, um, that, you know, I, I think is, is needed. Um, I think for, for our audience that doesn't typically go see plays, you know, um, uh, and, and also because I, I feel like so many plays come from existing material and, and movies and different properties, it would be fun to, to try to make something that's, you know, original and unique. And so 
I have that in me, and and also world domination. I, I plan on yeah, yeah, yeah. taking over the entire planet. You know, like this many people at a time. It's gonna take me a couple billion days. That's all I need. You know what I'm saying? If I talk to this amount of people every day for the next billion days, I'm gonna have a whole world. You know what I mean? Everybody else not trying that method. They trying to reach everybody at once. I'm trying to reach everybody, you know, little by little. Hey, this was a big start to it today. Yeah. Yeah. Did y'all- <laughs> and I'm sponsored. The next tour is going to be sponsored by Hot Breath Water. Let's get it. If you see the Hot Breath Water truck and the Hot Breath Water girls in your city, they giving them out. They got the book bags that's shaped just like this. They'll reach in and give you a Hot Breath Water bottle. My man. Well, I, I appreciate you doing this, man. This was really, uh, I wanted to, I've, I've just, you know, I've known you since the beginning and yeah. I've, I've just been a fan of what you're doing and I'm excited for what you have coming up and the things you're gonna, you're going to be doing. So I really want this, after you film your comedy special, your first debut one to be like, all right, I want this to be like, like a, a time capsule of this moment in your career, kind of like we did with the first episode. So I, I appreciate yeah. you saying yes to do this. You know? I was going through it the first episode. Like, I don't, this was a little, like, happier. I don't know. I got to go back and listen. 2017, <laughs> I already know. I was, yeah, it, it was a lot going on at that time. <laughs> like, I, I might want to go back and listen to it just to see, you know, if I was okay. But, uh, you did great. Yeah. Yeah, but, yeah. You did great. Yeah, this this was on a positive note. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be all right. Yeah, you are. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like what's a big takeaway is that you, you're willing to have an idea and then actually see it all the way through. And you're not afraid to think big, which I think can be a, very intimidating for a lot of people. Right. Including myself of like trying to, all right, well, okay, it could get to one level, but what if the ceiling, like what if there was no ceiling, you know, to quote Lil Wayne? Yeah. But I mean, I I think that that's important. Thinking big is important. You know, it's like I when I saw Kendrick, I was like, oh man, he thought super big. You know, everybody's like, oh man, uh, rappers can't dance, and it's like he's got choreographed dancers around him the whole time, and I never felt like, oh man, this is corny. I felt like, man, this is cool. You know what I'm saying? I want to go to Kendrick practice. Yeah. Like, this is crazy, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that there are no rules. There are no parameters. Anything goes. So let's, let's have fun. Let's, let's shake things up. Let's do things a little different, you know? Mm-hmm. Big facts. Big facts. Big facts. Big facts. Yes, sir. We're up. What's the best place for people to keep up with you? Uh, you can find me at Rob Hayes on everything. Mm-hmm. I finally uh, got the guy on Twitter, aka X.com, to relinquish <laughs> at Rob Hayes. Mm-hmm. Uh, he wasn't using it. He was tweeting like once, once a year, you know, about his dog or whatever. So now <laughs> I'm at Rob Hayes on there. I'm at Rob Hayes on everything. Dope. Well, uh, thank you so much. We appreciate all y'all for coming out. And uh, Rob Hayes, thanks for being on Hot Breath, man. Yo, thanks for having me. This is so dope. Yeah. My man. Oh, do we get up? I don't know. Do my man. My man. <laughs> Good stuff. Hot Breath. This episode of Hot Breath is sponsored by our Patreon. If any of our content has helped your comedy career, join our Patreon linked in the show notes and get positive comedy karma for life. Probably.